Dreaming of a better sleep? Tossing and turning is not your destiny. And Ollie is here to help. Ollie invites you to sink into sweet, sweet slumber to improve your mental and physical health and overall wellness. More than just melatonin, Ollie's ingredients help you unwind your mind for a delightfully dreamy drift off. Sleep is on the way at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. Welcome back to season seven of Sunday Night Teacher Talk. This show is a live Q&A show that happens every Sunday at 4 p.m. Eastern Standard Time for one purpose, to help you be the teacher that you're called to be, the teacher that you always dreamed of being. We recognize that Sundays can be the most stressful day of the week in the education world. So we gather as a community to prepare together for the upcoming week. Enjoy the show. And now it works. We were we were we were live streaming somewhere that was not reaching earth. And so then we realized that no one was watching and there must be a problem. So <laughs> welcome, welcome back to us to Sunday Night Teacher Talk. Uh, this is, you know, it is it is constantly when we have tech issues. It is constantly a reminder of what it's like to be in class and the projector doesn't work. The movie goes out. The power goes off. The internet is the school goes, oh, there's no internet today. What? Come again? We're paperless. What do you mean there's no internet today? So it's um, it's that it's that kind of thing. I actually, that reminds me of um, I don't know how my do it. final year in West Philly. I don't know if you remember this. The internet went out and they told us like, um, you're just going to have to figure it out for today. That's the best thing of us. You're just going to have to figure it out. Then the second day they were like, use one of your emergency lesson plans. All right. This is how we're kicking the years. The first week of school. Then it was turned into like five days of no internet. And I'm like, oh, yo, we're right. not even supposed to make copies anymore. Like, what are we supposed to do? And that's when I think I went to the principal that like after the fourth day. And I was like, if this is the case tomorrow, I am not coming in because I can't teach and I'm not interested in babysitting. Like put these kids on Zoom will have a better time than what we're doing right now. Um, it was a whole, it was a whole nightmare, everybody. So, but we made it. So welcome back. Uh, the other technical thing is we only have one camera today for some reason. So you get to be on camera the whole time. Oh, joy. Which is your favorite. Yes. Come on. We'll just sit like this. All right. <laughs> um, so if you have a question, this is the whole point for being, well, just twofold for being here. You have a question or you have an answer. So if you see someone's question in the chat and you're like, man, I could speak to that. Hit them up. There's people in here that hit each other up with their email addresses and, you know, contact one another afterwards. There's folks in here that are meeting on a weekly basis that are just hanging out, like talking to folks that they, that they enjoy being around. So we're trying to create that safe space for people to be able to make these connections and to, help folks to feel like they are not alone. You're not alone on Sundays. Like you're with someone going through the same struggle, some of the folks in here and helping each other 
show up tomorrow for like the best weekend. Yeah. You might feel alone in your house, but there's a whole lot of yeah. teachers in the world that have to go to school tomorrow and they all feel very similar. Amen. Um, so if you have a question, just drop it in there. I'm going to say this. Uh, one of the things I'm learning in New Mexico is that there are a lot of schools that have four day school weeks. Like I heard about this. It was like, it was kind of like a Sasquatch. You heard about it. <laughs> never saw it in real life though. And, uh, sounds pretty cool, but, um, let, let's see. Um, one of the schools, the school, high school and the middle school in Portales, New Mexico, that we visited, we've been visiting a ton of schools to see where we want to send our kids. They have enrichment Fridays. No, not enrichment Fridays. What are they called? Oh, we, well, it depends on which administrator you ask, but they use, and we have a whole video coming out about this. They use the F word, um, <laughs> which is fun. And so they say that it's fun Fridays and they are enrichment classes for students of all kinds. It's like teachers were given carte blanche, pick, pick something you think the kids are going to love. If they sign up for it, then you get to do it. It was based off of student interest, which yes. I thought was amazing. It's incredible. So they do these to do community building, to give kids exposure to new stuff. And um, it's every Friday they do that. Uh, unless there's a couple, it's like most Fridays during the year. A couple of other schools we visited they only go Monday to Thursday. Another school was uh, Tuesday to Friday. So they have off every Monday. And it, it's it's remarkable. It's like, I don't understand. Like, I, I want to know more the logic. So the folks that we talk to that just don't have school, I, I didn't, I need, to, I need to ask more questions about the logic behind that when it comes to them. Um, because I will say that schools are often, I mean, we go eight to whatever every day because it's babysitting, right? Like it's, it's, it's like, cause you, and I get that, right? Like if, if we start sending our kids to school and they have a day off, that's like, oh, we can't oh, work yeah. regular during that day. So it, it is, it's very curious, but that's one of the things I've been noticing. And I think that's really, um, it's fascinating. So yeah. You're already ready for some questions. I'm, I'm ready. Lay it on me. All right. Uh, Mix Burke's up next. Pause. Uh, Did anyone get back? Did they answer their email? His email? Her, the, uh, their email? Yeah. Uh, I don't, yeah, that's for you. It's sitting in the, okay. in the inbox. So that'll happen today. <laughs> that just literally just Nobody. reminded me of that. Sometimes that's how this happens. Um, uh, okay. Hit it, wife. They're asking, hey, Reynolds family, I'm wondering, how would you approach talking with elementary school students about the war going on in Gaza right now? So this... Good question. This is a good question. I talk to my students about all kinds of stuff from, I mean, whether it was Capitol building takeover, Black Lives Matter, uh, the Me Too movement. I'm going to say this, though. I already had those relationships with my students to be able to have these conversations and for folks that you do not have a relate, this is my own opinion, right? Somebody might be able to figure this out. But if you do not have a, a heavy, deep and real kind of vibe in your classroom already, I would not venture into that territory. It's, it's like you want to have 
the ability to talk to your students about heavy stuff like on the regular, whether that's things going on in their lives, things going on in the school, things going on in the neighborhood, before I start venturing into waters like that. Now, how do I know this? Because I've seen it, I've seen it firsthand. I've seen teachers where, you know, like there are several times that we've had, um, we've lost young men to gun violence in, in Philadelphia. We lose a student, the school hires, um, like an agency to come in that's like on the spot, like therapy, emotional, social kind of well-being is their focus. The students never go to them. Um, if they do, I'm going to be real with you. It's because they have food down there and they're giving snacks away. Why don't the students go? The students instead go to the rooms of the teachers that they already have. Like I mentioned this video last week, the no like, and trust factor. So I just want to say that first, because if you do not have that, it's just not going to, it's, it's either going to get you in trouble or it's going to just fall flat and no one wants to talk about it. Cause you don't, you're not there yet. That's it. Or you're not interested in being there. Not all teachers want to have relationships with students and that's, that's your own thing. Can now, I, ask, I, can I, yeah, ask, interject? I want to have a question now because you're high school. So that's your experience and you're coming at it from that. Can you do that with elementary? Can you create that environment in an elementary? Yes. Because he, they're specifically asking in regards to elementary school students. So I would say this, there are teachers like, look, y'all have like, like we have nieces and nephews and second cousins that are very young. They gravitate towards certain people. Mm -hmm. Why do they gravitate towards them? Because they've put time into them. So now when they're coming to you for the fun, they're going to come to you for the, for the fear also. So if yeah. they have something going on that they're afraid of, they'll come to you as well. Um, just like you went to one parent or the other, you went to the parent that was constantly giving you the love, whether it was your mother or your father, it's, there's, it's very rare that people go to both. So I think you can instill that with young children. Um, and I know that because I've done it Yeah. Okay. now. How do you have that conversation? For me, I, especially in current climate of, of things in the world where you're not always sure what's right, what's true, what's really happening, what's not happening. I always open up those conversations to say, look, this is what's happening in the world. How do you feel about this? What does this make you think about? How do you, what do you think about what's going on? And it's creating a safe space for kids to explore and express how they think and how they feel about things. It's not a place for me to tell them, this is exactly what's happening. This is what's right. This is what's wrong. I'm not trying to impart my beliefs on them. I'm trying to create a safe space where, because look, kids might be coming at it from, you don't know what they're being taught at home. So, or if they are being taught at home, some kids, this is a complete surprise. What do you mean something's going on? in Gaza. What do you even, what even is Gaza? I don't even know what's going on. Um, they saw something on TikTok, And so you're creating this space where kids can come in and, and, and safely talk about how it makes them think, how it makes them feel, what they, what they think about it. And then walk the kids through how to have an actual conversation with other people, because especially with older kids, maybe even with younger kids, you're going to have folks that do not get, that don't agree, right? That are pro, someone's pro this and someone's anti this, but it's, can we 
cohabitate this classroom and go through a conversation. So my, when I am having those conversations, I am never dictating a conversation. I am facilitating a conversation, especially like I said, because I, it seems there's so much misinformation that I can't be fully informed enough to have this conversation. So if I have some facts, I can of course share those with students, but like, it's tricky. Now I will also say caveat, there are some schools that are not going to want you to talk about this. And that is, that's got to, it's got to be something to think about. I mean, it's like, if you have a strong parent body that doesn't want you having these conversations about, that's about like damn near anything, right? It's what am I going to take a stand on? And what am I not? What things like, so I've had things in, in school where they told me not to talk about stuff, right? When I've, there have been students that were shot that we were told just teach through the day. There's not a chance I'm ever going to do that, right? This was our, this was someone that belonged to our family that's no longer here, was tragically taken away. And I need to help my students at least have a space to have feelings. Um, and so that I'm, for that, I'm willing to do that. But there's other things that like, I, I, if, if there's a reason, if I believe, here's what it is. If I believe in the school's reason, <laughs> I will not do it. If I don't, but if I think your reason is weakness um, or you're scared, then I'm not going to fall for that. So, uh, that, so that, I guess that doesn't necessarily answer your question, but it's, but what I'm trying to do is it, this is like the pre-work to even going down that. Um, there, someone was having this conversation in the Facebook group. Uh, and I, I mean, a little, it got a little heated, but like, I thought, I mean, conversations like this. It was heated. It was just a lot of difference of opinions. Yeah. And I think that that's okay. You're just naturally going to get that. Yep. Um, okay. Next one is John Lopez asking, Hey, do you have a, a new mailing address? I do. We do. We literally just got it. Like, you think I'm just going to put my address out? No. Yeah. Um, so of course we have a house, but we just got a new PO box, which I'll tell you what. P.O. boxes are expensive in New Mexico, man. Yeah, like twice um, as expensive. That's one of the I will cheaper here. Make a note to myself. I will uh I'll I'll change that. I'll send it to you after this, Lopez, and then I'll change it in the description. Um, so for those that are curious, um uh, we get mail sometimes, and it's not something we ask for, it's just something that shows up, but it's always in the description uh of every video that we have. Yeah. Don't go to an old video because that's no longer there. You'll send it to New Jersey. Um, okay. Uh, as you're making a note, I'm going to move on to the next Do one. Do it. Madison is up next asking, uh, hello, I'm hoping you can give me some advice on engaging students. I have a scripted curriculum that I can't change, and it's incredibly boring for everyone. The students are unmotiva unmotivated and give up. Madison, give up. I think I, so I once had to do, I was once working with uh, HMH, Houghton Mifflin Harcourt. And they asked me this very question. They gave me some of their stuff and they said, but how would you, what I call a sprinkle magic on something. And it was, I think of it like, like doing a cover of a song, right? So some covers are great. Some of them are not, but I really think of it as like, here's the song you're giving me to perform. I can play all the parts. I can sing all the words, but how am I going to do it? How am I going to set this song up before we even do it? How am I going to build anticipation in the room? 
How am I going to get, maybe that's giving you background knowledge. Maybe it's changing the way the classroom looks or feels or smells, shifting the lights, um, having you, we're going to read this outside or on the floor or upside down or whatever it is. Yeah, I said upside down. So um, it's thinking of some of that stuff as well before you even go into the lesson. Then it's, you know, I have things that I've had to teach before, but like, and I've talked about this a gazillion times, but like reading certain books, I find them as a play because now I can go from one person reading at a time uh, in a group or in a classroom to five people reading at a time in a group or in a classroom. Um, playing music over top of that, wearing, uh, having costume pieces to do some of that stuff. It's, and so that's some of it. The other side is even when I'm doing that, there's some stuff that's just not fun. There's some stuff that is just a drag. And it's like the way they do their vocab is super whack. And I don't want to do it. Um, I either change some of those elements because I know they're better for my students. And I'm I am in education for, for students. And I think scripted curriculums are built out of fear. And, uh, and I, they're largely built by people. Let's go here. They're largely built by people that don't are not in the classroom and, or maybe were in the classroom for five minutes and, and, and now they're not. The other piece is just letting kids know, look, this part's just not as fun. Can't make everything fun. Not everything. I don't want to be this old guy, but like not everything's fun. Uh, but you know what makes things better? Even if they're not fun, the acknowledgement of it. And we're going to go through it together. I'm not just going to make you work on this by yourself. We're going to get through this together as a, as a family, as a team, as a group. And sometimes it's, I think what aggravates kids is this pretending mm. that this is fun, pretending that this is all right. Come on guys, this isn't so bad. And you're just, <laughs> you know, inside, right? This sucks. It's sucking the life out of me. And so it's that public acknowledgement, but we're going to go through this together. We're going to do this as a team and as a group. And on the other side of this, I do have, I did make the next part a little bit more interesting, a little bit more fun, a little bit more engaging. Great answer. Thanks. <laughs> I don't, you don't say that very often. I don't. Well, yeah. I think that about everyone. All right. What's the next God. one? I'm going to. Bored. Uh, okay. Logan is asking, how do you know when it's time to give up teaching? It's a hard one. I'll say this. There's, I mean, that's going to be different for everyone. However, mm -hmm. I will give you some insight that I think about. One, if as a person of faith, it's, do I feel called to something else? That's one. Um, two, it's really, this is a hard one, understanding whether it's the job that sucks or if I'm just not at the level to be able to do the job. So it's not always just about growing the pedagogy and, and growing in your pedagogy. It's growing as a person. Do I, am I being triggered by stuff? Am I, do I need to become someone out the next version of me to be able to do the work that I've been given to do, right? It is worth asking and really sitting with that. Um, 
The other thing is, are you done with teaching? Or are you just done with your school? So I've been asked many times, I never made this follow-up video, but in my video about quitting teaching, uh, I there were so many people that were like, well, if he can't handle it, then like, why, how should we think that we can handle it and things like that? I'm going to tell you right now, if I didn't leave the classroom, I was leaving my school that year. Our school was so poorly run. It's not even worth me. Like I, it's like, I can feel myself getting aggravated about it because I cared about my students, about the neighborhood. I've made all these connections over the years. It was so important to me that a group of individuals would come in and run that school so poorly that we'd have like two years, at least two, maybe three years in a row, 90% turnover, 90. Um, when I left, almost every OG left. There was one person that stayed in the school. That's it. All the OGs left. And so I knew that this is not a school that I even want to support. I don't believe in, or I can't believe you're doing half the stuff you're doing. So it's like, I would have left that anyway. So it's worth asking, is it the school or, or is it the job in general? Because I'll tell you this, Logan, man, the blessing and the curse of being able to do the work I do now, going around, speaking to schools, speaking at universities, man, dude, there are people that are doing such unbelievably great stuff. It's mind blowing that there are schools like we visited a school here in New Mexico. The guy goes, the principal goes, I said, Hey, I'm just curious, like, especially with regards to like the last several years, um, what's your turnover like at this school? Cause before I go visit a school, I look at their job postings to see, I want to see how many vacant positions are open and there were none. So I told him that I said, look, I looked at your job postings yet. You needed like a, you need a bus driver. That's it. And I think a cafeteria Wait, worker. I know when I called the school to make a tour, the, uh, they were like, Oh, the principal's not here right now. He's out driving the bus. I was like, Oh, all right. Let me yep, stop right sense. there. How many of y'all are in a school where the principal would say, well, that's not there. That's tiny. That was a tiny school. It doesn't matter. It is the, it, that is, I'm telling you that doesn't matter. Okay. Well, you to have a leader that says kids need to get to school. Yeah. I will go pick them up. What? <laughs> Some of them kids live 30 miles away, right? Like it's not, it's not close. Even if it's at the 15 minute middle marker thing that he told us about, he said, we never have turnover. When you, when you say never, what are we talking about there? He said, people either retire. He said, We're people dying. either retire or die. That is the only time we have job openings. What? Solid. So that is like, there are schools out there, man. So it's worth kind of looking out there, seeing what's there. If, if you feel like that that's it for you. But look, at the end of the day, um, if you don't feel like this is for you anymore, Schools will guilt you into it. You might guilt yourself into it. But if it is not where your heart is anymore, then maybe it is. It's worth having the conversation. But I would do a couple of those other things. And then I would talk to a mentor of yours. Maybe not someone that's necessarily affiliated with the school, but like who is someone you trust in? Because it's often the people that we keep close to us that we can, will keep it real with us that are going to help us see like, 
they they i swear sometimes my wife knows me better than i know myself and i always know my wife better than she knows herself so it's um <laughs> i was hoping you were gonna laugh at that uh so th that that's something i would do as well yeah all right, uh, KP is up next asking, I realize that many of my high school students don't know each other's names. What's a good way to get them talking to each other and building relationships between students in the classroom? Um, so I think doing something like a life odyssey, which I do in my classroom, which is creating a Google PowerPoint slide, 10 moments from your life from birth to now that made you into the person you are, right? I do this project every single year. That's a good start. The other thing is me paying attention. Um, so I would say KP, like one of the things I do is I'm watching students all the time and I'm listening to students all the time. And I hear this kid talk about a K-pop band in a room of kids that I don't think any of them like K-pop. But then one day I hear this kid talk about, oh, oh, y'all both like K-pop and you don't even know about it. You both like the same anime. You both like, uh, I don't know, whatever show you're watching, Money Heist, right? And then I'm like, Yo, yo, Paul, come over here. Cause I just, I'm, I'm listening to my man, Mike over here and he's talking about money. I said, I know y'all, me and you were talking about it the other day. We got to have this conversation real quick. Yo, what you're in the money. heist? yo, we're, it's like the best show ever, blah, blah, blah. Um, do you watch it in French or English? And so you create these connections. So what you do is you go, I need you and I need you. I create the bond and then I slowly disappear. I vanish like Homer into a bush. It is the way I've done things forever. Every once in a while, I will have a group of kids that really get along that are really great dudes. And I'll say, yo, y'all listen, this group's magic. Um, and you all know that I think highly of, and just think you're great. Would you mind this dude over here, Kevin, he's new. He doesn't have anyone to sit with at lunch. Can y'all just ask him to eat at your table? Like, I don't care if you talk to him and cause that's going to happen anyway. Right. But I don't want to pressure them uh, with having to talk to him or become his best friend or invite him over your house after school, that, that stuff will just happen. But it's, can you just like, I just want him to feel involved and kids love that stuff, man. You put the right kid in charge of that. I, my daughter had a girl that was sitting at her, um, young woman was wheelchair bound and had to sit with a teacher with her aid. And every day Marley was like, Oh my gosh, this sucks. Like, <laughs> this poor girl she sits at this table there's all these rowdy boys the aide just yells at the boys the whole period and the girl just kind of sits there looking dejected so i told her to go and invite her to her table she couldn't do it so marley has this friend that comes over <laughs> she and this girl is like a firecracker i go yo stevie you gotta go what's up with the uh i said there's a young woman sitting in a wheelchair oh yeah that her name is whatever i don't even remember her name um can you ask her to sit at your lunch table yeah she already has a lunch table though I said, it doesn't matter. I said, that lunch table sucks, doesn't it? Oh, yeah, it does. Can you just ask her to sit at your table? And that was it. Stevie went over the next day. No, come here. You're sitting at our table. It doesn't even ask her. You're sitting at our table now. And it just, it changes things. It empowers kids. It's kids connecting with kids. It is just like, it's all the good things. But it takes a little bit of time to do something like that. But that's the work. Because that's opposite of doing like icebreakers, team building activities and those sort of things. And I think those can be really yeah. good. But for those really, really shy kids, like they're just not going to participate. No. And that's not the way. No, it's like do it. doing icebreakers is like saying, Mar hey, does Marley everyone want to hold hot coals right now? That's what we're going to do. 
And I think the introverted, some of those introverted kids or anxious kids would rather do something like horrible than it's like, yeah, it's that, that is that in itself. So your, your method is like this sneaky, like more low key. I'll, I won't yeah. say sneaky, low yeah. key way. Thanks. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Okay. Uh, ready for the next one? Let me give another sneaky answer on this one. All right. Amy's All right. up next asking, how do you pivot in grammar, in grammar teaching delivery effectively mid-year? Some students bored, other struggles or struggle. We minored, we mirrored notes um, together than indie work. So <laughs> I like the idea of indie work. It sounds more edgy. It does. It's like an <laughs> indie film. Um, so... I, for me, teaching something like grammar is, has to be front-ended with how important this is. Grant, I took, I did grammar heavy duty up to sixth grade. Um, diagramming sentences, that whole mess. Didn't do anything middle school or high school. In college, junior year of college, I think it was, I had to take a grammar class where this woman wrote the book on diagramming and like literally wrote our textbook. And it was one of the most informative classes I, I remember ever, ever, I still have her freaking book. It wasn't even published yet. It was like, it was like still getting printed. So we had like these collated copies of it <laughs> with a little spirally thing on plastic thing on the side. It was so unbelievably informative because it teaches you it's like you understand why a sentence goes together like that. You understand why words work the way that they do. And so I, I lay it out like this to my students. Your voice is important. You are important. You sharing your story, your opinion, your ideas, thoughts are all important. But you not having the ability to do it in a coherent way that makes sense to other people around you your inability to take big ideas and make them understandable to the people that you're trying to teach, to the people you're trying to tell a story to, that is, well, it sucks, right? You're not, you're not going to reach the level of success in any given area that you want to reach. You won't even be able to tell a good joke if your ability to speak doesn't, isn't mastered. So we have to learn how to read and write and speak on a master level. This is the, one of those components. Because I'll tell you what, not every single thing is fun, right? When you have to just do jump shot after jump shot after jump shot after jump. I don't think anyone's having fun at practice. They do it because they got to do it. Doing push-ups is not fun. It sucks. Every single time I get on the floor, I do push-ups every, like hundreds of them every, like I'm flexing now. Yeah, I do hundreds of push-ups every week um you're supposed to be charmed by that a little bit oh, but uh um, okay so they it is not fun but i know what the payoff is the payoff is i want to be masterful in the way i speak i don't want to be an okay speaker i don't want to be an okay writer i don't want to be an okay explainer or storyteller or joke teller i want to be masterful so I need to understand this basic level so that I can master what it is that I'm going after. And that's in any job, being a, 
a master at communication is, I tell kids, it is the best thing. Like you have to be and to be excellent at anything. And I'm only after excellence. I do not want kids to have an okay life. I want them to have an excellent life in whatever that means for them. So it's front ending that belief system and then doing it, breaking it into chunks. So you're not doing these long grammar lessons. It's chunks of stuff. And then letting kids look, yo, look, we're about to do, um, we're, we only have to do today. We only have to do 15 minutes of grammar, 20 minutes of grammar, 10 minutes of grammar, whatever it is. We only have to do that much. So if we can get into this, I think I can actually shave it down to this. So then you're making it sizable chunks for kids. You are teaching them why it's important beyond that it's on the test or some nonsense like that. And then it is, uh, we're only doing it for this amount of time and we're going to do it together and we're going to get through it. And then we're going to, and then back end that with something that is interesting, a break, a game, something vastly more that's interesting immediately to students. Something like that is going to be what helps you get through some of those moments. I'm sorry. Are you in the middle of doing two things? I am, but they all pertain to this. All right. Amen. Um, okay. Up next is, oh, this is a fun one. Uh, well, at least one part is. Uh, You're never going to get that name. There's way too many vowels in it. Re yeah. Oh, gosh. So okay. just so you know, if you're new here, mm -hmm. uh, the dis Reynolds is uh, is code for dyslexia. And yeah, we really struggle is. with too many vowels. Is, I apologize. I really, I don't like even getting students' names right but I really or wrong. Just, I really just love this little thing. <laughs> Real house. That's I told you. <laughs> I use this little. I use this little thing. Oh, I don't. You, you can't, I can't see, it. see it. It's called Pronounce. It's my favorite little app because awesome. I am a terrible pronouncer at words. Well, even when um, you're reading books with Brody, you use it, right? Yep. Rio Haas. That's probably. Oh, now my volume's all up. Okay. Anyway, he's asking, uh, "Will the Eagles beat Dallas today?" <laughs> yes. Let me uh, tell you the hard thing about living in New Mexico. <laughs> People just rock Kansas City and Dallas stuff like on the regular. And it's oh, it's like a little jolting to you. When I, I was in the airport in Lubbock, even then I went to the Dallas airport. There's whole stores. And I'm like, I this? saw it in school. Someone had like the Dallas star. I was like, no, gosh, gosh. it was here, like offensive to my eyes. Well, how about here? <laughs> Everyone paints their uh address on their curb. Yeah. And like I'd say Some about 75% put... of people here have their favorite team uh, next to their address. And so we're about to repaint our oh my, Eagle up in there. Yeah. Uh, so will the Eagles beat Dallas today? Yes. yes. Uh, thoughts on how I can get ELA, math, Spanish teachers, et cetera, involved in integrating more with my CTE uh, manufacturing class. Um, hmm. One, ask them. Uh, that seems like a no duck question, but I don't know. It's a good answer. And then, um, or it seems like a no duck answer to a question. I would ask your students how to do that. And then dream up ideas that are, that start with little to no prep on the other teacher's hands. So the problem with asking people to participate in things is they ask you to participate. It's like, I don't want to, I'm not going to participate. So I thought of this today, right? We were, uh, 
we have been church hopping here in New Mexico, trying different churches every week. And uh, every time I tell people that I play drums, if I'm at a church, they go, Ooh, do you want to play on our, <laughs> do you want to play on our team? My immediate answer anymore is what is the time commitment? Like I would love to do it, but I'm just not, I'm not here to have three practices this week and then be here two hours early. I got too much stuff on my plate to do that. Right. Um, and I've been playing not to sound cocky, but like I've been playing drums for long enough that like, give me the song early. I'll practice it. I'll show up for an hour of practice and we'll be good. Um, so it's, what is the time commitment you are needing from them? Can you make something that's enticing and has little to no prep on their end? Like, how can you make what you're doing enhance what they're doing? So then it's a, then it's a, immediate yes, right? Or you're closer to an immediate yes. How can I bring value to your class and then bring these two things together, which is bringing value to all the students and making the school look good and creating this collaborative atmosphere? Let's start there because that's how I'm hooking you in. And then from here, we're going to go on to like, no, no, it'd be awesome next time. No, it'd be great if we did this again in the future. Then you're, you're doing that kind of thing. And that's, that's fun. All right. Uh, Melissa is up next. Um, she's got a lot of love for us saying, hey, Reynolds and family, I just want to say how much I appreciate your support you. and messages. Your guidance and insight are invaluable. But why are there all of a sudden commercials on the podcast? Love and appreciate. All oh, so um, because there can be and because Anchor constantly changes. Um, well, Anchor was bought out by Spotify, and so there's been there's been a lot of changes, and yeah. sometimes there's mistakes that more get put in than there should yeah. be. And so there should be, I mean, this would be interesting. Hit me up if this is not the place because I I don't listen to my own podcast. I quality assurance it every week and make sure that it like doesn't sound like garbage and that it actually went up and stuff like that. But um, there should never be more than two like ads. Now I don't know how many ads they do back to back. That's that's a them on the platform thing um but even when we when this replays on youtube so there shouldn't be what i'm saying is there shouldn't be new, more than two commercial spots uh on there that i'll tell you is is our choice because that allows me to make money because this show look because 90 percent of what we do is free. free um and so i need my kids gotta eat on youtube it's the same thing i there are, it's, there's no more than like, I think three ads. If I go an hour long, right. Cause I try and think like, well, what would TV do? Like, I don't want to do even more than TV would do. Cause I hate that. But those ads give us AdSense money, but even those should be like maybe one ad three times tops. If you listen back on to Sunday night teacher talk on YouTube, um, if you don't have premium, so I was gonna say, and some people have premium, if so you have they don't premium, get any commercials, but that, we do put them in there, and part of that's to make revenue. Yeah, like it's just another way. Um, all right, but if you see a ton in there, that's a mistake, and we've caught that a few times. Yeah. Where they, I think so, there was one like it was like every five minutes, which was yes. like absurd, and we were like, oh, and man. so that's another thing though too that, and this is the last thing I'll say because I don't want to drone on about this too long because I know it's not interesting to everyone else. I'm fascinated by it. YouTube started doing a new thing on live feeds where they are putting your ads in. And I have to wait like four hours before I can go back 
and change that. So they're like hitting you over the head with ads. And I don't, I don't like that. I hate when I listen to stuff and there's that much stuff. Um, there's that many ads. So that's, that's another thing. But when you're listening to ads, just think, um, the Reynolds are not eating top ramen and the kids are getting Christmas presents this year. <laughs> that's it. Probably not from that ad sense anyway. That's what I would tell myself anyway. Uh, okay. DC Sunshine is up next. If you have a different teaching style than your school, is it worth uh, fighting for respect or should I look to leave and go to a school that doesn't feel like a prison? So that it's a great question. Mm -hmm. um, I have never fought even though I have gone left of center, I'm going to say all the time, uh, even from the beginning, like that was, it's just how I'm built. I don't fight for respect. I make it about kids. I fight that this is tried and like I've done this before. It works for my students. It helps my students. This benefits my students. That if I do it this way, their grades are going to be here. Their interest is going to be here. Their engagement is going to be here. Their attendance is going to be here. If I do it this other way that I have perfected, it, all those are going to be here. Now, the thing is, you got the proof is in the pudding. You got to show the results too. So if I say it's going to be incredible, then it has to be incredible. And then one of the ways folks see that is they do see grades, but they'll see like when you come into my room, it's on lock like most of the time is on point. Um, and even in the chaos, there's things that are go like it's a built chaos. So I had um, a principal one time, and this is a silly, this isn't even part of a lesson, but a kid that loved, it was like paper airplanes were really big that year. One student was really, really good at building paper airplanes. He was not paying attention to me when, when we were working. I said, if I can get your attention, I will, I will, we will go into the hallway the last, I think it was two or three minutes of class. And silently, you can pick a handful of dudes and we're going to see who can throw that paper airplane the furthest down the hallway. We'll have a competition. So we do it. We go outside. We're silent. Principal comes up. What are you doing? I said, I told him exactly what happened. So it's not part of your curriculum. No, you need to get these students back into the classroom now. First of all, no, like it's not happening because I already told them we'd do this. Um, two, we're being silent. Three, I built engagement in the classroom today. Now I realize that what we're doing is not part of the curriculum, but it allowed me to get done what was in the curriculum, which I would not have been able to do otherwise. So then it was like going down to the principal's office, having this whole conversation afterwards and, and pitching this, but I have to bring it not from anger, not from frustration. It's I'm curious it's always like, look, I understand where you're, I'm hearing where you're coming from and making sure you are listening to where someone's coming from. But what we're doing in class is I'm, I am, I am doing what I see is best for students and I'm a professional. Should this go wrong? Should you have seen something that was inappropriate in the hallway? Please feel free and bring it to me, but I'm going to continue to do what's best for the students. Now, look, I think There's, I'm not saying to just go against your admin. I'd never, I'd never necessarily say that. Um, 
but it's being willing to have the difficult conversation. It's being willing to listen to your administration, to see where they're coming from, to see what concerns they have. Maybe that's a safety concern. Maybe there's, maybe they've seen that not work before. And sometimes it takes being somewhere for a while to really be able to start for them to trust you too, right? Maybe they've had something happen before with that built a level of distrust in them where they, they were now they're now they're concerned. They're worried about it. So it's really building those relationships with administration too. So they truly know where you're coming from. They truly know that you can handle the things that you're doing. Um, Cause I'll tell you what, like first time I took kids abroad, I know this is a stretch, but first time I took kids abroad, I know that not every teacher would have been told they could take kids abroad. There's not a chance because there were some people that were not responsible enough, but I got told yes. And, and, and me and the two different women I went with two different times were told yes. And I think that's because of, because of who we are, because of the relationships that we built, because we had built up trust over time. So it's, it's a matter of, can I build this trust over time? Um, and having that factor into your decision-making process as well. All right. Uh, our buddy Steph Shook is up next. Do it. Um, she's a multi-parter, so I'm going to read it Hit it uh, from my phone because she texted to me because I can't find all of them okay, in here. Cool. Um, she, uh, Steph is asking, the division just adopted policy that requires us to contact parents if they want to go by... Um, uh, if they want to go by a different nickname or pronoun, mm -hmm. how can I maintain and continue to develop relationships when I no longer feel like the kids can be safe at school? I even told admin they need to take they need to take over uh, the GSA, which is Gay Street Alliance, yep. uh, because I don't feel like my job is safe sponsoring it. Knife's Edge and I will be the one the one hurt. I feel like the kids are being trapped and I cannot support this decision. All I can come up with is calling everyone by last names and either no pronouns at all or everyone or everyone is they, them. So, so instead of giving, I guess it's essentially like, instead of giving the student carte blanche on like what they want to be called, it's, it's. You have to ask parents, parents first. Steph, the tricky thing is, is to my, to my knowledge, right? I've done nicknames my whole career um i the pronoun thing to me is so different than the nickname thing that i don't even understand how we're putting both of these things in in because one is to me pronouns i'm respecting you and your decisions and choices nicknames are just funny right pronouns were never meant to be funny um so to me it's like if I'm calling you, I had a kid named Cheesecake. I called him all year. I had cheese steak was another student. They were a little, that was a little, got a little tricky. It could have been a little more inventive there. Snack time. Um, snack time. Snack time's name was just funny because he always had snacks in his pocket all the time. Any given moment, you say, yo, snack time. Reynolds, I got snack. Like it was funny. So the fact that we're even bringing those thing, two things together is, is ridiculous. However, so what should you do? If it is what your district is doing, um, I think it's talking to kids about it, talking to them about this process, following the process. I'll tell you what, Steph, when like if a kid said, yes, it's fine if you reach out to my parent and I want them because I want to be referred to as this with regards to a pronoun. Um that's allowing me to check in with a student. It's allowing me to make sure a student feels safe. If they, if I have to contact home or something like that, 
that that's that's like that just builds deeper relationships to me. If I had to send a note home to say I would like to call your child cheesecake for no reason, right? Like I just I don't even know how it came up one day. It just happened, Uncle Barry. Just happened. His name was Barry. We called him Uncle Barry. The whole school called him Uncle Barry. I would gladly write a letter, a formal letter home to let you know that I think your child should be referred to as Uncle Barry because um, it would just be hilarious to me. So it's like, it's almost just like, I'll call your bluff on that and do it. Um, I think it's also important to talk to kids about, for me anyway, right? I There might be places that are slightly like states, areas that are more progressive than, than where I taught. This is a new thing. And so I just feels like not people aren't sure what to do with all of this yet, right? They're figuring it out. And in the figuring out stage, I'd rather have that policy exist than like some, like it shows that we're at least willing to have the conversation, even if it's slow, like everything that's bureaucratic, right? Is all slow, painfully slow sometimes and is going to not benefit children as quickly as we would like it to. It's really taking a step back and be what like remind I'd like to remind kids like, yo, we're in the middle of this is some history stuff here. This is some history making stuff, right? Like hope your kids aren't gonna have to move through this sort of thing. So, but it's gonna be, we got to get it up out of the mud, right? So to me, it's some of that letting kids know I'm there for you. I'll I'm I will I will do anything I can um to help walk through this kind of messy time together. But I, to me, so it seems like that more of that kind of a moment of like, uh, I'm going to stick this out with you. And I know it's messy and I know it's a pain in the butt and I know it doesn't really make sense. And I know that people get aggravated about it. And there's people on both sides that are super frustrated. And it doesn't even matter where you, where anyone that's listening to this lands on the topic, right? What matters is that, do my kids feel safe to figure, kids trying to figure out who they are, man. And just creating that safe space for you to do that doesn't mean I have to even back anything that you're talking about, right? Like what I'm doing is backing kids. And so for me, it becomes that kind of a moment. Um, and I'm sure other people could speak a lot better on this. But, but you're also saying still following policy procedure just because that's the requiredness. But, but yes. letting kids know that, yeah, it's just a messy, like it's all new. And yeah. everybody's figuring it out. And continue Parents, the conversation. Admin, teachers, all I, tell parents all the time, if I'm required to do a certain thing, and even though it's things I don't agree with sometimes, uh, it's parents will get aggravated that I call and I say, please voice your opinion to the school. Please call the principal. Please call this administrator that made this thing up. Um, because like, there I, are things I, I, I have a suspicion that it's not the parents who will disagree with the rule. I, I have a feeling that it's the kids and that's the problem. That's who she's concerned yeah. about. And, and I just want to add in, she um, mentioned in the comments that it's not nicknames like silly nicknames. It's nicknames like Abraham wants to be called Michelle. Oh yeah. It's like a boy wanting a girl name because they feel like they are. So to me, uh, like real talk, Steph, it's also about empowering young people to take action on things that they think are, are important, but doing it in a respectful and a responsible manner, right? So not just like go busting in the principal's office and being like, what, I wanna be called this. It's like, 
It is, can I write an email? Can I set up a forum? Can we have a, a, a town meeting of sorts? What? How can we empower young people to do these sorts of things? And I think that that, if you want a lesson to come out of this, there's your lesson. Like it's, it's the the other dynamic that she's dealing with is that the children are out to her, but not to their parents. I, that happens all the time, though. It's stuff that's because, by and large, kids are feeling safer with you than they are with their parents. It's scary. It's, it's a big like, deal. It's to got, probably I mean, look, tell your I'm, parent. I I'm a straight white man, right? Like I understand that. I don't. I don't understand really the gravity of what that might feel like, but. I've watched, I've seen it on kids' faces. I've seen kids tell me things that they're, I know that their girlfriend's pregnant before their mom does. I know that they had to get, they got an STD ahead of time. Like you are the safe place. It is a badge of honor to be able to know that a child would share their secret with you, whatever that is. And so, but then it's helping them to take proper steps to navigate that so that they can, you know, and, and, and it's us informing correct parties. Like if I find out a kid, his girlfriend's pregnant, yo, I need to go to the social worker and be like, yo, y'all need to help Joe out because he got his girlfriend pregnant. Not sure what's going on. Like someone needs to just be in the know of that sort of thing. So yeah. All right. Um, Steph, I hope that helps. Uh, Mr. Boland is up next asking, could you go over uh, helpful AI tools? I have heard of some like magic school and was it Diffit? Yeah. Uh, which are good. Uh, so, gosh. That's a good video. There's, It is a good video. I feel like that's um, I use ChatGPT a lot, um, even in business, like constantly. I just ask it questions and see what comes up. Um, I am not familiar enough to talk about it like this. There's features of different things that I like that I... I could actually create a video about that. That's something I can put on the, the to-do list. Um, and man, I had one, I can't, I forget their name. I'm waiting for them to get back to me. I'm not even going to mention their name yet. Cause I didn't, cause I don't know if they want me to yet. Uh, a brand reached out to me to do a brand deal and their AI is bonkers. Yeah. Like you can plug oh, in your good. lesson plan. Um, your, whatever standards your school uses, like you can plug in all these things and then ask it, how do I create a unit plan out of this? How do I create a fun unit plan out of this? How do I, and it will, it'll bust it out for you. My question to them is, and this is not something I've seen in any AI yet, is it, are there ways to differentiate this for special education students? Like there needs to be some sort of AI that is, that is for the outliers for the kids on the margins for the kids that like the lesson plans don't aren't created for them um like i would love if i could plug aspects of someone's iep in, and then it would be like all right here's the class here's tony is going to be this is his lesson like this um and i so i emailed that company back to see if they have anything like that and i'm waiting to hear back but um yeah so in the so i'm gonna throw it to the audience yo y'all uh, i know you're in there Talking, talking with your fingers, but um, what are AI, what AI are you using in the classroom or have you seen used in the classroom that you think are really worth people's time, attention and attention um, and taking the time to learn those? I'm curious where everyone lands on that. All right. Amy is up next asking, um, 
What are other game sites that you have used beyond Quizlet, Quizzes, Booklet, and Kahoot? Um, oh gosh, that's another one. I when I'm put on the spot, I know that I have them all saved in my browser. Uh, but it's sometimes it's I'll tell you this, Amy. It's not just using different games, it's me reworking the games. So, like for instance, I can't I can't stand Kahoot music. I think it's the most annoying thing in the world, and it's super short and it's just like so repetitive. Uh, and too many teachers use Kahoot that it's like we started changing the music. I changed how the questions popped up. I started introducing like um because you can add pictures, there's all kinds of fun stuff you can do in there. And then I just like DJ'd it into something that I wanted it to be. Um, and yeah. And then I look at things like I love using minute to win it games are one of my favorite things in the world, but I figure out how I can fit them into a lesson, how it can be a review, how it can be like an incentive. If your team gets this right, they get to do this thing and then they can win something. Um, but yeah, if you, if you, I'll tell you what, if you put that in the Facebook group, um, and tag me in it, I'll come back in and I'll put my, my answers in there. I feel like Marley got tired of cahoots. She's like, everyone did because yeah. it got overused during yeah. COVID. That's why I think minute to win it is real similar, but it's hands-on. So yeah. it gets kids up and out of their seats, yeah. which is good. Um, man, we're at 56 minutes. We're right at an hour and we don't have any more questions. Cool. That's perfect because otherwise <laughs> the podcast gets too long. Um, and I, and I know <laughs> and you get an extra commercial in there. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> listen, um, we are, uh, gosh, what was I going to say? I don't know. I don't know. But if you're not following us on Instagram, I'm just going to tell you to go over there because we we were Tetris for Halloween and it was fire. Uh, so you should go check out that post, even if you don't follow us. I don't care if you follow us. I just wanted to go look at it. Um, and if you're not a part of our Facebook group, please check it out, right? And if everyone that's watching this, if you could just give it a thumbs up, it just helps us in the algorithm. It helps people see it. Um, and that's it. You have anything else? There you go. You can go check out the Facebook. That's what it looks like. Uh, teacher talk community. No, I think that's it. All right. Have a great week. Have a great week, everyone. <laughs> we'll see you next Sunday on time. Peace. <gasps> oh, I hit something. <laughs> hey, we're back. Oh, we're back. Hey, everybody. <laughs> see you again. <laughs>